2: Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
0: Level Up Human, the Comedy Science Podcast. Souping up the Homo sapien. Hello humans, Uh, welcome to a new Level Up Human thing. We don't quite know what this thing is yet. If you've been following our series, as I hope you have, otherwise why are you here? You'll probably notice that we tour the country, we go to science festivals, arts festivals, music festivals, anywhere that'll have us really. We get experts to Mm. decide what they'd like to see in the next stage of human evolution. Well... That's great, and we get lots of good people involved. The downside is it means that our news is sometimes a little bit out of date as we release our programmes out of sequence and with a little bit of time elapsing. So to try and counteract that, today I'm joined by producer Rachel Wheelie. Hello! Who's been behind the scenes for this entire time, um, but we want to take a bit more of a responsive look. We want to have a look what's in the news right now and how that might help us better our species. If you like what we're doing, we'll probably keep doing this and filter them in among the live recordings. And maybe something else. Uh, doing it this way also means that we can both have as much coffee as we like and we can record in our studio, which is currently Rachel's kids' bedroom. So right now I'm sitting with a bit of Lego firmly watched in my behind.
1: You don't want to know what you're saying, on.
0: No, but it also means we've got the advantage that we've got Google right in front of us and we yes. can fact check things as we go rather than relying on the, the brains that we have on the rim. That's very good. As
1: As will become evident, I know nothing. Luckily, you know some things.
0: True. So, yeah, I am a biologist by training, so I've got an excuse for being here. Rachel is an amazing stand up. And you do have an interest in science. You have a psychology degree, which is almost science. Almost. Um, As the B.Sc. Got actually, I'm a B.Sc. Man. That's you have.
1: like, yeah, a proper proper scientist. Um, yeah, but like, uh, I suppose the the nice thing for me about science is it's a lot more uplifting and uh, full of hope than the rest of the news. So yeah. I just like reading it just for that, really.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of is a choice of dying a nuclear holocaust, or
1: or you go to the science pages and it's all about Elon Musk talking about flying to New York in 20 minutes in his suborbital spaceship so do, you know that's cool right do you
0: actually like elon musk
1: um well uh, i mean i i find him fascinating he's clearly a super villain but um yeah no i i think he's a very interesting guy but I, I get quite obsessed with like people like that like jeff bezos and people who are trying to fly people around who's jeff bezos he's the amazon founder who also has a, a company called blue origin
0: so when you have too much money, basically what happens is you try and tackle all the world's problems.
1: Uh, well, he's, I find it, I mean, like, I think it's fascinating that he started selling secondhand books out of his garage in 1994. And now he's about to launch a suborbital spaceflight company.
0: That's a perfectly logical transition, I think. So if they're using drones to send the things to our houses, the next is suborbital drones.
1: So when you say, do I like Elon Musk uh, or Jeff Bezos? I'm, I'm fascinated by them. And, and, I, and I wonder what they're trying to compensate for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, how we're going to do this. We're going to try and delve into things that we find interesting in the past week. What science stories have uh, grabbed us, cryptus and what the implications, I guess, might be for our species.
1: And it would be really helpful if you could tweet us stories that you think we should talk about. Because we're going to record this, like, and then release it really quickly afterwards. So, you can tweet us stories that you think we should talk about because I'm doing the school run most of the time, man I mean, I just don't, I'm just not not in the loop half the time so that would be very helpful And where do they tweet us? At Level Up Human Spot
0: on Mm. Um, Or we're on Facebook uh, sometimes when I can be bothered to check if I'm honest and we're also, you know, you'll find us all over the web get in touch whatever way you see fit so should we dive right in? What Let's is go for the it. first story? What okay, so you? Uh,
1: the, the big story um, this week is that uh, chemical surgery has been used successfully on human en- embryos for the first time in a Chinese university, uh, Sun Yat-sen University. Would that be the right way to pronounce that, do you think?
0: I have no idea. No, I don't know. Um,
1: so that they were the first team to use CRISPR on human embryos.
0: Can we explain Should we explain what CRISPR is As a soap post To something which makes chips Like nice and tasty You can Go on Uh, It's a Kind of a Badass enzyme That we've nicked from Bacteria And it's The the best way to think of is is, It's little tiny chemical scissors And not only are they Little tiny chemical scissors They're good ones This is making Genetic engineering Far more viable Far far cheaper And just far Far more better Mm. Than it ever has been Till now So if you saw any Sci-5 movies In the early noughties Late 90s uh, we're now at that stage. The kind of stuff that people are making up in the past, uh, we're getting it's toward happening. being able to do. Well, in
1: Sun Yat-sen University were the first university team to use CRISPR technology on uh, human embryos, and they've now taken that a step further with uh, base editing, which is even more precise way of uh, editing the genome. So they have uh, cured a human embryo of beta thalassemia by um by editing a single base on the genome of the embryo. So they've swapped a G for an A. I mean it's that it's that specific what they've done. Yes. So it's like even more um uh, sort of uh focus down well, sort of, uh, uh, to a
0: G, haven't they?
1: Is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh but but like so CRISPR can do um clever things but base editing is like you know, it's like editing a Word document, I guess. We go, that that G needs to be an A. And you just go in and change it. I say just. So That's ooh. pretty amazing. So, so what they're basically saying is that they're going to be able to... Um, uh, potentially, they're going to be able to cure some uh, genetically... Um, sorry, inherited diseases.
0: So what we are talking about here is designer babies. Let's get on, you know, let's let's be honest and fully frank. And I don't mean like ones that have got yeah, gap so labels on them. Yeah, so if your family
1: them. has an inherited disease, they could they could stop that. Mm. They could be like, right, that's the last baby that's born with that now. That's mm. not going to happen anymore.
0: Currently, only if it's something simple like this. Yes. So half the so problem is most diseases aren't simple.
1: This disease is, is special in that it is one single base in the DNA, yeah. which needs changing to correct it. So presumably anything more complicated than that would be a lot
0: harder so ethics wise rachel is this right is this wrong what is your stance
1: oh that's a good i like that that's a great uh way of looking at it um ethics wise is it right i feel responsible now for deciding for humanity whether i mean this is the problem with this 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 um version of the podcast right (laughs) it's just us i'm in charge no i'm not in charge but um There's nobody to argue with me apart from you. I will argue with
0: you. I'm here for that at all points. Okay.
1: Well, okay. Uh, Usually when you're right, I will argue with you as well. If you look at it from the perspective of of somebody who has an inherited disease in their family and they're about to have a baby, Mm -hmm. and you can say to them, that baby will not have that inherited disease and that's the only thing that will change. Whereas CRISPR, for example, there's a few side effects with it apparently, because it's not quite as specific uh, gene editing as this new uh, base editing that they've just done. So for for the first time ever, you're going to be able to say, we will take away this inherited disease in your line and that will be it. everything else completely the same. So when, it, when you say designer babies, it's like, well, it's a very specific change. But of course, then on the other hand, there's the, well, that's a slippery slope argument in that we're, at this point, we can cure that but then later down the line you're going to be able to say would you like its eyes to be green rather than blue let's do that for you as well
0: okay and is that right um,
1: I mean I think there's enough diversity in the world for it to be okay
0: to hunt to, um, so which part to be okay to be able to change things to how we want them or just well, for a uh, medical application what are we talking here
1: I well I definitely I definitely think that it's um it's a good thing to be able to get rid of inherited disease Uh so that that as far as that's concerned I don't have any ethical problem with that I think that's a miracle that's brilliant right happy um in terms of whether 50 years down the line and they go would you like its eyes to be green rather than blue as well that's a bit dodgier but then I also think there's a lot of um there's enough diversity in the world that if you want to do that then you can um
0: Okay, so but then gonna, the I'm baby
1: gonna... has no say in it, does Do they? So... Yeah, but the
0: baby has no say in anything. That's what babies are. Mm. Like they've no. Uh, to to take. Thank the... Christ,
1: otherwise they'd never get to school.
0: Oh, yeah, but also to take the full sort of like nineteen-year-old uh, me, I didn't ask to be born in the first place. Argument. Yeah. yeah. Um You can't really say. I'm that getting they're... that
1: already. Minus seven, five, and three. I get that from all of them.
0: And they have existential angst yeah. from birth. they
1: oh.
0: do. They do. Well, okay, no, okay, right. I'm gonna I want to drill deeper into this because this is where these things do get interesting. Um, okay, I'm not arguing now, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you about something like blue eyes and green eyes, but mm. if we accept that illness is something which, you know, causes a decline in the quality of life, and something which causes maybe a, a rapid or early death, something like that, how about just a gene that will just make you live that bit longer? Is that now okay? If we edit the things which uh, give us more longevity... Um, like, why not, say, for instance, give us the edits which will allow us to deal with fast food that little bit better, and therefore we don't die of uh, obesity-related diseases?
1: Mm. So, right. what, so the body processes fast food better, you Yeah, mean? for instance.
0: Okay. We're talking the McGene.
1: Yeah. Mcgene, Okay. Um... Yeah that that's that's good isn't it? I mean I can tell this is going to definitely drive into a brick wall at some point where you're going to go what about this and I'll go oh no that's a terrible idea. Yeah
0: I'm trying to gene edit your moral compass okay, here. That's okay. what I'm going for. Um
1: I'll just I'll just okay I'll just answer how I feel. Uh yep that's fine. That's fine.
0: Mm. So what about something which might help you live a better life because it makes you feel a bit better about yourself and be happier.
1: That's I'd absolutely take that. Absolutely okay. 100% yeah. All right. We've got there's enough depression in the world.
0: So what wouldn't you take? Um, where can we say you can't gene edit and I'm talking about the best now. Sort of scenario I'm aware that we're talking sci-fi here I'm aware that we're not at any of these points yet but hence we have to have these ethical discussions before science manages to come up with things
1: yeah so so if we extrapolate this to ad nauseam right, what we're talking about is eventually being able to say right, no inherited disease uh, you can choose your baby's um sort of facial features and attributes and whatever mm-hmm. everybody is born beautiful yeah and will always be beautiful and will live for a long time and will have extraordinarily long lasting organs and all yes. of that stuff and we'll be able to eat mcdonald's every day and not become obese um then
0: is well i mean is him... there,
1: there's a problem for diversity isn't there because if you if you then everything tends towards the same fashionable way of looking.
0: So what you're saying is that you love this diverse world where we've got poverty and uh suffering. S- suffering's good for diversity really. You better like keep people different um, so that there's inequalities and all the problems of our planet.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't the it? I'm not of. saying that. You're not. No.
0: Okay, so do you want to dig up now? Or, this is getting like bullying, actually, really, isn't it? No, it's is not. This what,
1: It's not, but I, I need to get better at fashioning uh, uh, arguments. While probably, asking
0: you these questions, I, I've got by without having any opinion whatsoever.
1: Well, okay, what do you think?
0: Oh, I have no idea, Rachel, that's why I'm asking you. This is,
1: you do have an idea, though. You should commit to something. What do you think?
0: No, my commitment gene is is not very strong okay
1: we'll edit that in the future but what but <laughs> do you think it's uh okay do you think it's fine to be able to get rid of an inherited disease in a baby
0: yeah so i think um, the way i think of it is if you're going to be have to be, um, the place where i draw the lines is nearly always if it's going to have to be something that you treat in life then you should try and treat it before ah, life
1: that's good yeah that's great
0: so that's like, like that. I've, I've beaten you round or down No, or no, that's, that's
1: brilliant. I'm very happy with that. I'll I'll come up with something later, which I think. Mm, but hang on, what about this? But right now, I'm thinking. No, I like that definition. If it's got to be treated and you can cure it before birth, then do that. Otherwise, beyond that, maybe mm, maybe not.
0: Yeah, because that one, you can make a very good argument for the patient, and you can also make a very good argument for um, economics and the like. Mm. You know, and if you take the kind of doctor view of first do no harm if it's not harmful then that's completely fine as soon as you're into anything which can give you just i don't know being smarter and a better advantage to your life that's not medical anymore so i'm currently taking the medical point of view
1: yeah good
0: well that's that's solved
1: basically we're saying we approve of this
0: between us we should get someone on the
1: podcast who's got a much more like horrifically strong and conservative moral compass than either of us who we are very liberal guests. guardian rich guests that's a great idea
0: yeah that's it's, it's a like a brilliant we often, idea we we should record this like live in front of an audience of guests who know what they're talking about <laughs> that'd be a great idea man we should just should... take it to festivals and things and tour it around the country one day we'll,
1: a... one day we'll do that wow yeah this is basically we've we've engineered this podcast completely in the reverse of what everyone else does We've started big, and now we're going to get smaller and smaller and smaller until it is just you and I talking to no listeners at all um right Which anyway might let's, be what <laughs> let's crack on we've we've solved so this particular news story that they've chemically done chemical surgery to uh correct a genome in a human embryo, we approve of that that is level up human approved yes. Right, so what else have we got? Is there anything
0: else? So, my uh, news story, the thing which has really grabbed me in terms of um, you know, furthering the species, is that they're bringing out a new Blade Runner movie and they're going to really ruin it, and I'm sad. Okay. Even if that it gets good reviews, and I think it has got good reviews, um, and you know what? I can't really say this when I haven't seen it, but I'm going to anyway. It, it's just going to miss all the philosophy and joy and all the stuff. Of the first ones. Of
1: course it is. Nobody's interested in any of that. Oh, but the whole
0: point, look, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil Blade Runner, the original good one, um, which is actually not even the original good one because it's actually the uh, director's cut, isn't it? Which doesn't have uh, Harrison Ford's awful voiceover acting thing on top of it. Um, is that it, it doesn't tell you everything and mm. it doesn't answer your questions. Mm-hmm. And I know by virtue of Harrison Ford being in this one, it is going to have to answer a question. So it has a lot to live up to from me. I'm I'm going to reserve all my judgment, but Hollywood, I'm not happy. But it I, will
1: probably be better special effects.
0: I'm going to walk than... in with a scowl on my face. And I know it's got Ryan Gosling, who's generally awesome. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to have good special effects. And I know there's been good sequels, but I don't, I don't want to take a happy position on this just yet.
1: So just tell me quickly the story of Blade Runner. Because as will become evident to regular listeners, I have seen no films. And I have seen Blade Runner, but I've forgotten. And I want to know, what is the implication for the future of the species of the film?
0: Well, the whole point is that they have uh, replicants. That is what the film is about, the the, the original one. So there are robots, in their case, or genetically controlled robots, or some kind of cybernetic thing. It's never made completely clear, clear, clear. Artificial humans, let's call them that. Uh, Synthetic humans, which are replicants. And they are coexisting with humans, and thanks to things which allow them to be given a sort of backstory for their life, uh, they may be in a position now in the first film that they cannot tell that they're synthetic themselves. Uh. So it's mainly about sort of, I guess, memory editing and memory implantation and the like. Uh, it's also about how do you appreciate your life if you know it's short lived? Um, to so try and they do not live for very long? They've have, they have got an expiration date, at which point they will switch off. Right. And um, do I have to do proper spoilers ahead of what happens um, in, the, in spo- the film?
1: Spoilers may, may follow. Yeah. And, you know, and if you
0: haven't uh, seen the original, go see it. Get cultured before you come back to this podcast. Mm. Um, the implication at the end of the movie uh, is that the main character... Harrison Ford's guy might actually be a replicant himself, yeah. and so if that's the case, he knows he's going to die within about four years. What does he do now? Right. Does but he take that, the life he has and move on, or
1: is that a an unnecess, arguably an unnecessary uh, bit of sort of like plot cranking, where the, where the where it's not as interesting if the replicants live for a, a normal amount of time and so no, they've but made it, it shorter but to it, make it more it, no
0: but it forces the main character in that case to make a choice so it's him deciding effectively if he thinks he's synthetic or not right so i guess having a finite and shortened lifespan forces harrison ford's character decker to to jump ship and run off with another replicant perhaps because if they're both going to die soon does it really matter so yeah, sounds, it sounds it, great. Possibly. I
1: have seen it, but it was so long ago and I can't remember. Uh, it's one of my dad's favorite films ever ever. Um and he talks about it a lot and I am always feeling slightly guilty because I can't really remember what happens in it. I'll I'll maybe watch <laughs> it before we record the next one of these.
0: Well, uh, do you know, maybe I should be excited, but just like, I I I think that um everything should not have a sequel. I I want I want things to end like when a podcast has run its natural course And is no longer recording in front of live audiences Entering a country And has run out of money Yeah it should just stop should like, Just kill it Things should Yes that's yeah. it precisely And uh, Yeah rehashing Particularly of new, new When they inject new people into things as well Just to try and bring a whole new life And like there's new voices And I mean I can't really... think
1: why you do that <laughs> Especially when that person has no real reason to be there Now barn owls Simon Yes. Yeah, I found out this week that uh barn owls and you'll know this already barn owls have 3D hearing. Yeah, they do. Which is so cool and I didn't realize uh that that was the case. So, um so what it is. So do is we by that, the
0: way, you're aware of that?
1: Well, but not as much, right? Yeah, so we've better. got we've got two we've got ears on each side of our head which means that we can spatially
0: Did you really just check that? Yes.
1: Well, I'm just, I'm taking you through this from first principles for the Mm -hmm. sake of, because the next bit isn't going to make any sense if I just say it, right? So so that means that you've got a way of working out where the sound is. Because what your brain is doing is it's working out whether it hears the sound from the, you know, what the difference is between when it hears the sound in the left ear and when it hears the sound in the right ear is a way of working out how far away the sound is, how quick it's moving, right? Yes. Is that right? But Barnell's, have their ears slightly, uh, one is higher than the other. Uh-huh. So they can also work out where the sound is based on where it's coming from in like a vertical space.
0: Yes. So I a should... barn
1: owl can mm. jump on a thing in the dark with great accuracy or at least a lot more accuracy than we would be able to because it's got this gone. Tell me why I've, what I've missed. I've missed no, something.
0: you haven't missed anything. This is all spot on. But again, one of the cool things is that it's it's true of humans as well. We have... Our ears are slightly different heights. Are oh, they? Us slightly, not so much. Oh,
1: I didn't realize that. And one of the think.
0: really cool bits of cat for your barn oil is that not only do they have their ears at different heights, mm. um, they're also inverted. So the shape of the the ear canal differs. So mm. if you think, so so it's like one ear is upside down. Cool. And that allows see that a great right. We should have
1: that one upside down ear. I think. At all times. Well, we'd, the whole point of this podcast is working out how humans could be better, right? And one ear upside down forever. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or... Um, it would ruin spectacles. Rotational ears. What
0: well, would you hang your glasses off?
1: That's a good point.
0: Where would you keep your pencils?
1: Well, I no, hang on, though, because an ear can still hang a glasses arm off it when it's upside down. That would still work.
0: Why? I suppose it hooks over oh, you, oh no, just hook unless over oh no.
1: That would be fine. Only if
0: you've got the genetic variation which gives you lobes, like which I don't have. Mine are oh, yeah, connected. For instance. Okay.
1: I still think it would be fine. But anyway. Um so and also they have uh regenerating is it cilia? Yeah. So their hairs and their ears regenerate, whereas ours don't.
0: I oh, know. that is cool.
1: So and that really matters. So we need all of that.
0: It's one of the reasons why your hearing deteriorates. Like um, Inside the followed
1: Yeah, because I used to work on the Today programme on Radio 4, right? And I remember somebody saying to me at a party once who was trying to just improve Radio 4 network via me, how would that work? <laughs> he said, uh, the thing about Humphreys is he doesn't enunciate his high frequencies. And I was just like, well, that's your ears, mate, isn't it? That's just you can't hear anything over, like, 12K.
0: I'd, I'd like this. I've, I've had um, tinnitus for as long as I can remember. And it's usually... Uh, it's usually quiet, but like the way to sort tinnitus theoretically would be to kill those hairs which are malfunctioning, which that would be effectively a particular form of deafness is the only thing that will cure my right. tinnitus. which
1: might be better than having a... Well,
0: it's only very slight, mm. um, so I can only ever hear this like, annoying high-pitched whine thing when might it's really, really It might just be your quiet. producer. Or... <laughs> I don't know. No, this is cool. I love I love Barnells. So you're going to take it from Barnells. Well, I just
1: I mean I'm chucking this in in the middle of everything else. This isn't news. This is just uh, although actually I did hear about it on uh, the news. So because the, the the new news? Um, the the cilia regenerating is something that we apparently didn't know before. This is like new a new discovery that they can regenerate the cilia in their ears, little tiny hairs. Um, which help you hear, so uh, that's quite cool, right? Um, so that was the news, but I didn't realise about the about the 3D hearing thing that they've got in the first place, which I thought was more interesting. Yeah. So if we're going to level the species up, um, we want all of that pimped hearing. But I've got one more thing, um, which is computers are being trained to learn to argue. Apparently, so there's a no, they're not. <laughs> there's a there's a thing called the center for argument technology and they are oh you're joking
0: that is a real of course thing there is. Of course that there is there basically is. ikea that well, is argument technology to, for you
1: if you if you think about um so the way the computers learn to play chess and learn to do all this stuff right if you feed in all of the guardian comment threads into that yeah. then you you end up with somebody really annoying who can Convince you of absolutely anything at all.
0: No, the, but this is worrying because effectively they have already had to have a computer learning from things like comments, which was that um, bot that they oh, released on Twitter yeah, and within 10 minutes it was off. a Nazi. Mm. Yeah. So learning from something like social media and comments, like, which I think is commonly called the bottom half of the internet, is not going to be that, that's not what we want.
1: That's great, the bottom half of the internet. I like that. My husband reads all the comment threads. Um, and I have no idea why. I'm just like, why does he post them? Is why he one would of them? we want to know anything that anybody thinks?
0: Um, <laughs> like, yeah, but look, like, is he is he just a spectator? Like, yeah, is this, no, he uh... just reads them.
1: But it, but he gets a lot of so he gets a lot of um, interesting kind of angles on opinions from them. You know, like things that you might not think about yourself unless you're actually having an argument with somebody. So, you know, like reasons why a certain thing that you might think isn't right or might need work or whatever i can't think of an example but that's why i read them i don't have time and i can't be bothered but uh you
0: know let's go back in so tell me about argument technology that's where you are
1: so argument technology uh is well it's basically it's it's like artificial intelligence um but Computers which are being trained in actual rhetorical um, techniques and so they're, they're being given ways to understand an argument and come up with counter arguments and all of that sort of thing.
0: So the, they're teaching them the tools of non sequitur and uh, logical fallacies and things so they can spot problems and arguments, is that it?
1: Yeah, and eventually we'll be able to construct arguments themselves. Okay. Which is great because what it means is that you can take the people who write the most stupid Guardian comment threads and just present them with a computer who will just like fire things back at them until they've learnt how to be, yes, more analytical and think things through a bit more.
0: I'd love it if there's just like something and like and so is your mum like there'll be there'll yeah. be something which works out as <laughs> I mean that's the problem if that's that's a resort to puerile infantile.
1: That's the sort of computer I would program which <laughs> just goes, your mum didn't say that. Uh, you know and that's that's no good to anybody um so so yeah it's uh it's i just i just like the idea of being able to take a person and just sit them in front of a computer which will kind of just present them with
0: well, can I better make a, ways of thinking i'd like to suggest a better mechanism for this because this is something i've been arguing for for years and years teach a computer this yes that's a good idea but we should teach people this like i seriously advocate um teaching philosophy in primary schools because i I think it's really hard to have a decent grounding in logic and still be a racist misogynist Mm. um still be a like i can understand we all have our own biases and our cognitive things and the things that i'm sure i will have my own ones that i'm unaware of but using the tools of reason and intellect are a good way of trying to counteract them so you know Start having a starting position of I might be wrong and then using things like logic So debating
1: and... clubs but sort of...
0: Uh... Well not even just debating clubs, Like I suppose turning it up a notch to, to, to teach people from a very young age that... Because the problem of debating clubs to an extent is that that makes people believe that the whole world is argument you know, the, there's mm. not things which are true and that gives us the world maybe that we have nowadays where we think opinion and fact are sort of equal and okay I know that even the word fact is a difficult thing philosophically but...
1: So history teaches a bit of that, right? Well,
0: yeah. I'm, not, I'm always wonder this, because, you know, that, that thing where you hear historians saying, you know, if you don't have an understanding of history, then it'll repeat itself. And I go, OK, come on, historians, step up to the mark. Do something now. Thank you, oh. all you practical historians. You've saved us. Everything's going just fine. No threat of nuclear war. No threat of another Cold War. Oh, what? What? what 1930s-style fascism having a... Re- renaissance like it's just some kind of retro vintage throwback yeah thanks historians
1: they speak very highly of you do they (laughs) but it's about like history will teach you how to go back to primary sources and that sort of thing right so there's like little techniques in all kinds of uh, disciplines which will help but are you saying we should teach philosophy and rhetoric and logic and stuff in schools like as a lesson
0: as very young i suppose mm. like as forms of well, play prim- free primary, games primary uh, right yeah, yeah that that's the key is to start it, to start it very young
1: is that school's job though or is that actually parenting
0: no i think logic is a school's job because it comes in useful for computer science it comes in useful for maths it's very useful for science full stop mm-hmm. you know like this is stuff that can be learned and make you better at other things too
1: mm. okay Good. And yeah. English I'm, and debating and all that. Cool. We can Teach yeah. computers
0: and children philosophy. Is that a tick?
1: That's a tick. Yeah. Okay. Teach
0: computers to teach children philosophy.
1: Well, I mean I think that's what that's what they're saying is ultimately computers could be in court, you know, presenting a case for somebody.
0: Oh no. That, and that sort of thing. I would love that.
1: Yeah. I mean there's a film in that. There's definitely a sci fi book in that at least.
0: You wouldn't need to get a computer to defend someone because it would be the same one, surely.
1: Well, yeah. It like could you wouldn't present. need the
0: prosecution or the judge or the jury. We just need a completely mechanised...
1: Yeah, well, this is the thing, you see. So ultimately, the computer could do it very fast and we wouldn't like that because I think one of the things we like about the justice system is it's all given a lot of time and due process and arguing and so on. And the computer's just going to go, well, actually, I've crunched it in under a second and it's pretty clear that you did it and it's pretty clear you should get three years and it's pretty clear you should just go down there now. So,
0: I like this.
1: But this is like... It I can always still have a wig. Sometimes things take too long. Right, yeah, the computer can have a wig, that's fine. I'm completely happy with that. But like, I just think, like, TV shows, like, deal or no deal, right? I would yeah. just love to go on there and just go five, twelve one two four seven oh i've i'm out i got 50p that's the end but it's like the way they drag it out and i think the justice system is a bit the same sometimes they drag things out a lot to give it due process to allow people to really weigh up the stuff it's like it's very clear what happened here, guys come on yeah so i say yeah have a computer judge that just sits there and you just uh
0: you're, do you know the thing which is slightly wrong with this, I suppose, is that we're, we're pretending that justice has logic and justice probably doesn't have logic. Yeah. No, Arboros it's probably horribly
1: by. biased by what people look like.
0: Yes, no, but that's that's something worth getting rid of. Mm. But if we're talking about a... Uh, I suppose how do you work in the sort of... I'm not asking, I don't want the wiggle room. I, I would rather things were clear-cut. And simple, but I'm thinking that I'm assuming that many of our laws are wrong. So, if this just becomes a way of saying, computer says no, um, your protest against free speech, your protest for free speech or whatever does mean that you should be thrown in the slammer for whatever length of time, could this deferment and removing a human element mean that there's no prospect for blame? So perhaps do we need judges because we need to be able to appeal for from, from mistrial? And we need to be able to... Do you mm. know what I mean? How, where does responsibility go if the computer gets it wrong or if the law behind mm. the computer is wrong? Mm. And I think that's the one that's that's the issue here. Would we end up taking the i was about to say jack straw there which was how out of date i am and I, the, the name of the current one has completely escaped my mind who is the justice minister yeah. we need to
1: know this uh okay let me check
0: let's imagine judge dread right whatever the yeah, heck call it, it is judge dread for
1: now till i um, look it up
0: does that mean like in the event of of changes in law how do we deal with that I suppose on like well, removing computer, a human elephant. the computer
1: would... Removing a human elephant is a good idea. <laughs> the computer would just uh, incorporate the new law into its logic circuits and would carry on.
0: Yeah, but I suppose I'm talking here still about responsibility. Like, if, if a judge... Um, but also the problem is that we're, everything that works in precedent currently, right? Like That's the thing which is always argued, that it is fudgy. Like like justice is comparable. It's not just what uh, what is right. It's what happened them, instead. Yeah. So computers could sort that right out and just give us definitive answers. That'd be cool. But what might not be cool is throwing all that over to the computer. Like something being logically correct. The person did do the crime, but the person did a victimless crime or something like that. You know. Mm. There's still gonna have to be humans somewhere involved in this because we make the decisions. So that's the end of our first podcast in this format. Don't worry, we're going to continue the old one as well, touring the country with our experts and asking people whose opinions actually matter when it comes to science. Uh, But we've got some other stuff coming up as well, including we are at the Croydon Comedy Festival for a new venture on the 26th of October at the Spread Eagle Pub. Do you want to tell people about that, Rich?
1: So that is a stand-up show uh, called Packing for Mars, which is us doing jokes about the Mars mission. And we've got Gemma Arismith and Sam Baines Gigging with us. It's gonna be super fun. Come along.
0: That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely and supported by the Welcome Trust. For more information, go to leveluphuman.com.